The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christatos, and joining me, as always, is my battle buddy for this operation, Jarrett Albrick, the yard sale artist, codenamed Death Probe. And he's DJ Christatos, and to all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, I want to welcome you to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through The Devil's Due Run. This episode is brought to you by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hardbinding those special comics in your collection, much like my entire collection of Devil's Due G.I. Joe comics. I mean, I know you guys in podcasting can't see this, but I want Pat to take another look at my hardbound. This is volume one. You know, it's got the little ribbon in it, bookmark ribbon. It's got the volume number, a little picture of Firefly, my favorite villain there on the spine. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's all custom. It's all custom, Pat. Yeah, I always like it when you show me our hard bone. Well, you know, that's, uh, we have a special relationship like that. And we you do. know what? <laughs> if you want to have your comics hard bound and be fancy like me, because Pat, I am so, so fancy. I'm so fancy. You already know. Yes. Just go to omahabound.com today and get your precious treasures hard bound. And with that, on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Christos and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is Brad Smith, codename Red Eagle. Give me an eagle noise, Pat. <coughs> nice. Welcome to Fort Longbox, Brad. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't know that there could be a, a warmer welcome than that eagle noise right there. <laughs> I tell you, not everybody gets that. No. Yeah. I feel very special. <laughs> I've only done it one other time, yep. <laughs> Brad also does a little bit of the podcasting. Now, we'll just give you a, a minute to give us a brief rundown of what your podcast is all about, Brad, and then we'll get into oh. our standard joke questions. Piff yourself for a minute, Brad. Yeah, I'm a podcaster. I'll take any chance I can to promote my show. So if you like audiobooks, if you like free audiobooks, better yet, I would recommend checking out Another World Audiobooks. It is free serialized audiobooks. Actually, Pat is one of my biggest fans. I just found out. Yes. I didn't know this. Yeah. <laughs> we just went through the memoirs of Sherlock Holmes. The nice. last episode is dropping, I think, Sunday. So, yeah, we go through all classics there. And I do character voices and stuff like that. So oh, I was going to ask if you did voices. Yeah, not just the boring read. There's a lot of free audiobook things out there. And, like, you can hear their dog barking in the background and stuff. And <laughs> I've, I've got, like, my professional setup. And, yeah, so it's high-quality stuff. For free on the podcast there. So really enjoyed doing that. The other one, though, is a little more niche. If you're in the entrepreneur sphere, ever heard of Gary V or any of those type of guys? Basically, what we do is we take what he does and we turn it up like one notch. And it just makes for great comedy, great parody. (laughs) So that's called The Brad Johnson Show. Very creative name there. Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, both of those, you can find them on any podcast player, Another World Audiobooks or Brad Johnson Show. All right. If you ever need someone to do a Christopher Walken impression... Or a Sean Connery, you give me a call. I got you. I, I can see that happening. This is what I do. This is that what would I do. be beautiful. 
<laughs> I make eagle noise. <laughs> Hit me with another eagle noise, Pat. <laughs> no, that was better than the last one. That was an angry eagle. I can tell. I can tell you got a lot of layers. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Bart. Sad eagle. <laughs> killing me. Someone just stepped on him. <laughs> now is the part of the show where we debrief our new recruits. So, Brad, Red Eagle, what is your origin story with G.I. Joe? How did you come to the G.I. Joe universe? Like a lot of people, it was the uh, TV show, The Sunbow, the OG, G.I. Joe, the horrible animation <laughs> that I still love. I, I will still watch those. I recently found Hasbro has like all those on a live stream and my brother sent it to me. I was like, yes! Was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> watching those, I was eating my Fruit Loops and stuff. It was amazing. But yeah, so came in through that. I remember my mom renting them from the VHS store and like us being just ecstatic to get the mass device was probably my favorite. Really good show. But yeah, so then Christmas 2001, I think. I can't remember what wave or whatever they called it, but the toys came out and got my brother and I got those for Christmas. And that was like the best thing ever. So like a General Hawk and there was who else was there? There's a Firefly and uh, Undertow. Was, and... was there a Snake Eyes and a Storm Shadow? I think yes. there was. Yes. Storm Shadow had like a, a puffy yeah, hood. I yeah. I was buying those too, and I was in my 20s. <laughs> These <laughs> came in the mail, my classified series, G.I. Joe. So I'm, I'm not done yet. I've, so just well, you probably them. shouldn't tell anybody about them then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, the toys, then that just kind of catapulted at my brothers and I. That was our favorite toys take him out in the yard and I've crushed many GI Joes with rocks on accident or, you know, rock slider. Like they've been lost in the stream or in the lake or whatever. So yeah, it was kind of the TV show and then toys just hardcore. I never really got into the comics. So this was a lot of fun kind of getting to explore this a little bit. Oh, is this kind of your first foray into the comics for this yeah. show? Uh, well, you guys sent me, uh, I won the raffle. Which was awesome. I got that issue number one, which was amazing. I uh, plowed through that thing. But yeah, so that was kind of my, my first foray. And I have a couple like they're in still in plastic cases, um, but actual like older ones. I don't remember what the year is. They're like more like 80s or something like that. They're really old, Pat, like the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just I love how Brad's story is like. Even though he's much younger than we are, it's, it's very yeah. similar to ours. You know, mm -hmm. I, I saw the cartoon. I found the figures. I did the same thing you did in like 1983. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same process regardless yep. of the time. Yeah. Oh, Pat's beeper says our time is up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, getting a call about my uh, special mission I was on uh, last episode. So <laughs> that wasn't on last episode. We yeah. had to have Weasel Skull sit in for Pat. Ah. I can't talk about it. It's kind of hush hush. Mm -hmm. uh. Took about 21 minutes to do it, but mm. I had I got to be kind of quiet about it. Ooh, this is mysterious. And with that, got to ask one more very important question to Red Eagle over here. If you had to pick three favorite characters, Red Eagle, Cobras, they could be Joes. I know it's tough to get it down to three. Where are you going to land? So this, I've been dreading this question, actually, ever since I was asked to be on the podcast. It was almost as hard as coming up with my code name. <laughs> you, you wouldn't think it would be. But uh, yeah, I'm Duke, number one. Like, he just has to be. It's, it's always been my favorite. Ever since we watched, I watched that first episode, it was like, yep, Duke all the way. But then obviously, Snake Eyes, he's just right there. It's like, I'd, neither one of them really nudge each other out of the first place spot. It's like, if I have one version of one guy, I got to get the same version of the other guy. So. Definitely Duke's Snake Eyes. 
The third one was kind of where it got really tricky. This is a really random one, but kind of shows where I really came into G.I. Joe's Tunnel Rat was oh um, that's cool i like tunnel right yeah he was one of my favorites and the main reason was because the toy that i had of him it was the valor versus venom run yeah. he was just the most playable toy like ever like he was just the his his limbs were like stiff enough where they held a good position but he was flexible enough to do whatever ninja moves he needed to do and just yeah like <laughs> yeah yep. you bet yeah i i can't really talk about that <laughs> I have to keep quiet about that. Yeah, so probably Duke, Snake Eyes, and Tunnel Rat, just because the toy was just perfect. Okay, I'm going to start a new thing on this show that Pat's not even aware of. I'm going to go ahead and score his choices on a score of 1 to 10 based off my <laughs> own personal scale. And I'd give that top three, uh, I'd give that a 7. I like oh, it. Okay, I like that's, it. that's better than average, point. I guess. Yeah, that's, I like it. I'm not the biggest Duke guy. I mean, I like Duke, but to me, he's like a very generic Joe. I get why you would like him, definitely. What I just realized, by the way, and I'm kind of more talking to you now, Pat, but I just realized when he told his origin story about watching the cartoons and whatnot mm-hmm. and going to the video store, I think yep. he was talking about renting DVDs. No. No, you're VHS? I, I'm old enough that, yes, it was VHS. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For a minute there, I was like, oh my gosh, and I think I was VHS. No, you're still, you're still VHS. That's cool. Uh, it was I VHS. Still, I still got my uh, VHS of the first five part, uh, the miniseries. Nice, like an official one, or like a like a where like I recorded it from TV type. No, like an official one. It's got the whole box art. Oh, it's that's all nice. Yeah. I like you know I collect a VHS. Yeah, retro, I know retro eighties yeah. VHS. Okay, you're, <laughs> you're, you know. Okay, good. So do I. Oh, I thought you were Laserdisc. <laughs> I thought I was VHS guy. You were Laserdisc guy. I did rent the Joe on a Laserdisc once too. They made a Joe on Laserdisc. Yeah, I had rented it though. Man, I know. It was way back then in the in the, in the eighties. We're talking eighties, yeah. Yeah, I think we're done with Brad. You can go now, Brad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. I am jazzed about your choice of Tunnel Rat. By the way, I think yeah, he's that's a to Joe, and I think that's very cool. Thank you. Yes, really bumped up your score. <laughs> Thank you. Your meaning Jared's I, score. I get a lot with Duke. I get that a lot with people. Like, oh, he's just you know so normal. I and to but to me, he's like. He's like a real Captain America. And yeah. Captain America is my favorite superhero. So it's like okay. Duke is just like the perfect. Yeah. yeah. He's just nice. a good guy. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Duke. Yep. Nothing wrong with him. No. Oh, Duke. Oh, Duke. It's no love. It's no. <laughs> I'm a Flint guy. What can I say? <laughs> Flint, oh, Flint was getting pretty caught. close on there for number three. I was going back and forth. But oh, I like my choice. Flint toy. His like um, center section on his hips broke, and so his leg was always popping out of joint. So he wasn't very much fun to play with. <laughs> yeah, a moment of silence for all the Joes that were lost in the stream and on the rock slides. It was sad. Yeah. And anyway. Anywhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that, I will turn it over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. For this mission, we'll be covering G.I. Joe number 12. Publisher was Image. It's got a cover date of November 2002, but its on-sale date was November 27th, 2002. Editor was Scott Worley. Writer, Josh Blaylock. Penciler, Kevin Sharp. Inker, John Larder. Backgrounds, Tony Aikens. Colorist is Hi-Fi Color Design. And letterer is Dreamer Designs. And the cover art goes to Joe Benitez and Joe 
Weems. Joe and Joe and Joe. We're on a race to the jokes. And speaking about the cover, Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. The image eye is transparent, line work only. The cover price is $2.95. The main action focuses on our old friend, the Bat. And the Bat is choking out Roadblock while preparing to defend himself against a dual knife-wielding spirit and a pistol-wielding Lady J. Back to you, Pat. Let's find out what you guys think of this cover. And we'll start with Brad. I like it. I think it's it's pretty cool. I'm not sure if like Lady AJ is trying to karate chop Roblox's leg or something. I'm not sure what's going on there, but... Uh, <laughs> you suck, Roblox uh, leg! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you failed! But no, the, the bat is, is awesome looking. That was uh, another one of my favorite toys, was uh, the bat with the interchangeable arms. It had, like, the gun and the giant machete thing. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. I like the look of Spirit, too. The the black, pretty sweet. Yes. Jared, what are your thoughts? Oh, I'm just going to agree with the Red Eagle over there. I really like Spirit's look a lot, uh, just like he did. Very just slick and cool. I like the sort of motion lines that radiate from the background. It really adds an intensity to the moment. My only complaint, and that's a real loose word complaint, is I had to take a real long moment to determine whether that was Lady J or Scarlet and to determine whether that was Heavy Duty or Roadblock. Because they're very kind of blocked. <laughs> and basically, I'm not going to lie. I was like, I'm not sure if that's Roblox or Ever Duty. And I'm not sure if that's Scarlet or Lady J. And once I got into reading the story, then it became clear. They're well drawn. It's just there's a lot of them are covered up. It's just a little tough to tell. But it's still beautiful artwork. And I think it's fantastic. And with that, I'll pass it to Pat. Yeah, I kind of agree with you as well, too, on that. I wasn't sure. Is that Lady J or was that Scarlet? I kind of thought that may have been Roblox. So I wasn't really worried about heavy duty, but I could see definitely with the Lady Jan, who who kind of was she? Looks, Looks like, like she'd been doing some highlights to her hair or something. Yes, it's like something maybe. You yeah, know. trying to copy Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what kind of made me think of that as well, too. What I did like is you mentioned the, the radiation, the lines that are there, Jared. I like how in the image logo, they kind of just kind of go through and I'm like, it took me a little bit to go, is this an image? And then, like, oh, yeah, it is. And I like mm-hmm. that was really cool how they kind of played that in there. Yeah, it's real sort of minimalist, the logo is, and mm-hmm. it looks cool. And I just realized, I think it would have been a lot easier to spot her as Lady J if they'd had her wear the cap. Where's yes. the cap? Yes. They kind of realized, though, the problem between Roblox and Heavy Duty. Like, they kind of make that joke in the comic. Yeah. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I think all of us old school collectors, when the figure of Heavy Duty came out, we were like, so roadblock, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think I figured out like roadblock has a goatee, but heavy duty doesn't have a goatee. I think that's how I figured out. Hasbro was like, we'll just paint a goatee on one of them and call them roadblock and the other one will be heavy duty. I want to say that somewhere in their continuity on the file cards or something that they're cousins, but I, I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I think I have that feeling. I don't know. I think they're supposed to be cousins somewhere like in the file card universe. I don't know if that plays into the comic here because they didn't act like cousins because he didn't know who he was. Yeah. Uh, be my replacement. I'm like, I think that's your cousin, dude. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's the discussion. We're talking about the cover. Proceed, Pat. I'm going to also say that I really like the way this bat looks. You know, he's so <laughs> just really bad. One tough bat mm. on this. Just to show, show you how strong it is. If it's able to lift Roblox up with one hand. And I always like that chess piece where it lights up like that. 
Yes, yes, good. I think it's really cool. This toy was one that was really cool to have around. You had that the white suit that was beforehand. Yes. Was that called a snake? snake. Yeah. Yeah. So Brett this is like the evolution of that, I think. <laughs> Brad's too young to know about the snake. <laughs> well, he watched it. It was in the yeah, it was in mass device. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I was researching Roblox lineage. <laughs> His family tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're they're cousins. Yes. It says, on, wow. it says on Heavy Duty's Wikipedia page that his cousin of Roblox and shares the same passion for cooking and speaking in rhyme. So they're the same guy. <laughs> I yeah, it. I knew it. There was not much creativity going on there. I'm sorry, but that's just that's just lazy. <laughs> I think there's like a new guy, and he was like, "I got this new character named Heavy Duty," and they didn't have the heart to tell him that they'd done it before. Dude, have you I'm not like, read the comics before? <laughs> they were just like, "Good job, Steve." <laughs> All right, well, let's find out how we would rate this cover on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it's perfect and you would make a recruiting poster out of it. And we will start with Red Eagle. See, I think I'm going to have to give it like a solid 8, just because like none of the characters on the cover are really like, nah, people. If they had thrown a snake eyes on there, or yeah, I don't know, even a jinx. That would have spiced it up for me a little bit, but I think Solid 8 probably could have gone higher with, with some other characters since these aren't necessarily my favorites, but they didn't know that when they drew the cover, so can't really blame them for that. Jared, 1 to 10. I am going to go Team Red Eagle on this one and give it a nice solid 8. Really like the bat, really like Spirit. Everything else is fine. But yeah, nice solid 8. I like this one. You know, it's funny. I'm two points away from making a recruiting poster, right? But I'll be honest with you, I think if they did make a poster out of this one, I'd be tempted to hang it out of the wall just because that bat looks so good. Yeah. What do you think about the bat, Pat? I am going to agree with both of you. It's an eight for me as well. I think the bat really helps it. And I like, again, that, that line imaging that's going on. I think that really spices it up. Now that we're looking a little closer, I'm a little confused as to why a bat is wearing yellow combat boot. Yeah. I just... That doesn't really seem to fit. Well, as I'll reveal a little later on in Death Probe's toy chest, I think his original figure design came with yellow boots. So just carrying the tradition, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, because the ones we had from like the Valley vs. Venom run were, or Spy Troops, I think it was, it looked like a mechanical foot. Like it it Mm -hmm. wasn't like a normal foot. It was like a robot foot. I think they were silver. Yeah. And they were kind of like pointed. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, with the cover out of the way, let's go ahead and get back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Crisados pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? 99% of the times we get Cobra, we use a real randomizer. So, Crisados, go ahead and pull that lever. And what's it going to be? <laughs> It is Cobra. Oh, hey, surprise. <laughs> well, it's a 50-50. <laughs> we shouldn't have bought a randomizer from Arbco Industries. Yes, yes. <sighs> it was on sale. Yeah, all right. Here we go. Cobra Our Dreadnought team is getting augmented by some more of our troops as they attempt to capture the rogue bat that is now in the sewer system under Chicago. A Joe team composed of Lady J, Roadblock, Rock and Roll, Mainframe, Jinx, and Spirit defeated some of our airborne troops and then joined the search for the subterranean bat. They also managed to save their lone comrade, Heavy Duty. Typical Joe luck. 
But no one seems to be getting lucky in the effort to slow down the bat. He's still on the loose, but now there's a new player hunting him down, our old saboteur friend, Firefly. And now it's time to get our highs and lows of the issue. So, in our first round, we will start with Red Eagle. Brad, if you had to pick one high or one low, because that's the way it's supposed to be done, Pat, for this issue, what would you do in your first round? Just Jinx as a character throughout. I think she's just a really cool ninja. Glad she got the panel time that she got. The drawings that are pretty cool. I like her, her ninja outfit and stuff. I think that was definitely, definitely a high. Excellent. I love Jinx, too. I remember when Jinx was a brand new character. Gosh, I want to say she came out in like the 1986 or 7 wave. And it was like, ooh, new ninja. And it's a girl, you know? And that was the great thing about G.I. Joe, even in the 80s when it was supposed to be like, oh, girls, you know, I play G.I. Joe. It was, man, everybody wanted a Jinx, man. Because <laughs> yeah. Jinx looked cool. Jinx was cool. Yeah. All right, Pat, what about you? High, low. Maybe a what the? I'm going to go with a high on this one. Keeping it with the ladies. I'm going to say Lady J in this. How she just kind of stepped up, told everybody what was going on, kind of ran the field with the other troops that were out there with her. I really thought that was interesting to see her fill that role. Yes, she definitely was team lead on this one. And she did a very good job with it. Very good job with it. How about you, Jared? How about me? Well... There's a lot to like, and I could do multiple things, but I stick to the rules around here, Pat. <laughs> and I like some people. I like some people, you know. <clears throat> I, Jason. Jason, exactly. <laughs> I am like the world's biggest Firefly fan. So when I saw him pop up, panel reveal, last panel of the book, ooh, man, Blaylock's done that to me three times now. So you didn't know it was going to be him at the end? I was thinking... Maybe, but I couldn't remember who it was they were introducing okay. you know, when it was Firefly. I was like, oh, sweet goodness, yes. And then when I saw the preview of the upcoming cover, which is one of my favorite covers of all time, mark it down as a 10 right now, Pat. Just right. mark it down as a 10, plus 10, plus 10. Love that cover. That's 30. Hey, hang on. Yes, 30 is correct. <laughs> 30. So when I saw Firefly in that last panel, dude, I was giddy again. Blaylock did that to me with... Storm Shadow, he did it uh-huh. to me with Snake Eyes. To an extent, he did it to me with the bat at the beginning of this storyline. So this is kind of the fourth time. He is good at that last panel. Bam! Reveal. And reveal I, love yeah. I love it. And I love Firefly. I don't know if I made that clear. He was my favorite Cobra. I love Firefly. He's pretty cool. And with that, we go back to the top of the order. Red Eagle, high or low? I'm going to have to go with a low. And this is just kind of nitpicky. But uh, on page nine... I'm sorry, but that one panel where his spirit's like running and his hair, like he looks like a porcupine. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like so much of the drawing on here is so good, but that's just kind of painful to look I, at. I'm looking for the porcupine. It's like when they just land on the ground and they're running for. I see it there. Roadblocks oh. in the front. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, he didn't condition that day. <laughs> well, yeah. obviously, he's got his papaya mixture that he puts on at night. And... Chicago was a little humid. It was like, yeah. messing up. I will say this as a comic book professional myself, I knew from the get go that the art was going to be a little suspect in this one because on the very inside cover where it said pencils and Tony Atkins on backgrounds. That is a clear indication to me that a deadline is desperately trying to be met. 
When you mm. bring in someone just to do additional backgrounds, that basically means your lead guy was just laying down outlines as fast as he could. Your anchor was trying to help him out as much as he could. And we brought in a guy for background. So I kind of knew there was going to be some issues. And there was a couple of things in here that I was, I was like, you know, give him more time. I know this would have been better. But even still, I got to say, Atkins did a really good job on the backgrounds. <laughs> it came together. But you're right, porcupine hair, or as I like to call him, Spirit the Hedgehog. You know, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, that is a little bit silly. He doesn't, that's not the greatest drawing. But yeah, overall, I thought the art was pretty good. But hey, it's not oh, my yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was an nitpicking, but I just couldn't let it pass. <laughs> well, now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, you can't unsee it. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spirit's like, I gotta go fast. <laughs> really fast. I'm the wind. <laughs> All right, Pat, what do you got, brother? I have two things. I got a couple things. But... Oh, there's a surprise. We, yeah, we haven't yeah. got to the burning highs and lows. Okay, I'll, and I'll save my burning high for later. So I'm going to give the opposite of my first high is. Not going to be bad, but it's on the opposite team with Zorana leading the Dreadnoughts and the other Cobra Troopers. Mm-hmm. So I think we got to see two ladies kind of shine here, one on the G.I. Joe side and one on the Cobra side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jinx was getting it done. And Jinx was getting it done, Zorana. too. Zorana. Yeah. yeah, so I really liked kind of flushing her out a little bit more along with Jinx as well. Jarrett, what are your thoughts? I'm going to give my final official round highs and lows to rock and roll. What a classic Joe that doesn't get brought back into the scene a lot. But, you know, he's from that initial run and he was a lot of fun in this one. It was just pleasant to see rock and roll in a fun role, if you will. Just like seeing him. So I'm going to give why he wasn't around. He was hitting the gym like crazy. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) That one panel, he's like out shining uh, roadblock there. Oh, mm. got some biceps. Yeah, Roblox was always a, a meaty one, but so was rock and roll. Rock and roll is like the original mm-hmm. buff Joe, and then Roblox came and took it to the next level. Yep. <laughs> and then Heavy Duty came and took it to the next, next level. <laughs> you know, it just gets good. But it was pretty much the same level. As, as <laughs> it was a very similar level. <laughs> but without uh, a goatee. Yeah, goateeless. <laughs> Well, that's the end of the official highs and lows round. We have our burning highs and lows for things you really wanted to say, but you didn't get to. We will start with our guest, if he has any additional things to say. You know I do. Two quick things. One, I was trying to figure out what kind of vipers these are in the sewers. To me, they look like mores. They were in gliders to begin with, and they got like shields. I'm just really confused. That shield kind of reminded me of like the Cobra Laz troopers had or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I was just really confused because their masks, they look like Cobra Mores, but they were in gliders. So, yeah, I was confused. I want to say that there was some sort of Cobra Trooper that came out around this time frame, the 2001-ish figure release that came with that shield. But, man, Mm -hmm. we're talking about a 19-year-old memory, so (laughs) I cannot swear to that. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. They're really cool looking. I like them. Yeah. Um, the next thing for me was, and maybe this is just my perception of like how I play with the toys and how some of the TV shows were and stuff, but this bat seems hella hard. Like, <laughs> you know, sometimes bats are just like these throwaway troopers that they just completely annihilate, you know, and they're just like fodder for heavy duty's machine gun or something. Like this time, I got all these Cobra troopers and then all these G.I. Joes and you just can't get them. Yeah, this one's definitely special. I know you haven't been with us for the last couple of issues. 
But this is the part three of this four issue story arc featuring this bat that basically Dr. Mindbender turned it on and it just went nuts. And then they found that it had been like superiorly upgraded from the standard bat. So, yeah, they addressed ah. it. This is like a major, major upgrade. And it seems like nobody knows why. Like the Joes don't know why and the Cobras don't know why. So the big mystery here is who made that and why is he uncontrollable and, and who's behind all this? Nice. Uh, I missed that, so my apologies. No, for, uh, I mean, you're coming in, in on step three or four, so it's perfectly understandable. Okay. Yeah, that's a hardcore bat right there. Let's just go into the part of the show everybody loves the most. Go ahead, Pat. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You know I love Extra it. Extra highs and lows from Pat. Yes. I'm going to start off with a quick low mainframe. Eh. <laughs> Come on. Eh. Are you still clowning his costume? or like? Yeah, you know, his costume. I can see the techie kind of side of it, of him figuring things out, but do you really need a, a monocle? You know, the <laughs> Google sure Glass before sort of Google, Google Glass. glass. Was, yeah, a little yeah. digital readout, mini yeah. screen. I mean, they were trying to make him hip and cool, I guess, but... Yeah, it's, yeah. It's maybe it's maybe it's the head piece, the piece that covers his head. Just, just come on. He I looks like one of those like World War One pilots, and uh, <laughs> just, I was thinking more like a Teletubby. That was that's the vibe. <laughs> I <mean>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but we got to see him doing some more stuff. So that's that's pretty cool. My high though, what I like about this issue and the last issue is we're seeing. The playground that they're in and the playground is chicago and that has to be coming from blaylock yes he's from that area yeah right what you know yeah and so i thought that was really cool when i kind of put that together i'm like oh yeah that's really cool and, and you know it's close to where i live as well too so seeing uh, a few of those kind of background images like oh yeah i think i've seen from the the cityscapes and that so i thought that was kind of interesting that he would Put a little of his heart more into it. I do agree with you. I think that's good stuff. The Dreadnoughts. The Dreadnoughts and the banter between them and Mindbender, uh, I thought was really cool as well, too. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if maybe I was just picking up on this because I'm a TV show guy. Near the end there, Mainframe's like going at it on the bat, like trying to get this thing figured out. Ripper's like, let's just shoot him. We got right there. And Zorana's like, no, wait, let's see what Mainframe can do. There's an episode of the TV show where Zorana's got the hots for mainframe. She like goes in in disguise as like something. I can't remember oh. what exactly she's doing in the G.I. Joe base, but trying to infiltrate and do something nefarious. She ends up like kind of falling in love with mainframe and, and like that whole storyline. So I wonder if that was kind of a nod to that. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've forgotten that or maybe never knew it. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of one of those one-off episodes where it's like, where did that come from? Because they, they really actually put some put some heart into it. And like at the end, like she has to kind of choose between G.I. Joe and Cobra and she ends up going back to Zartan and stuff. And they're like sitting around the campfire making fun of her and she's like leaning up against a tree underneath the moon, like all sad and stuff. Like, <laughs> like a deep episode, man. Yeah, they went for it. Hey, mainframe, who's the fox? The fox's name is Sergeant Carol Weedler, and she has very sharp teeth. Some people just can't take a compliment. I call Inside Street. Huh? (laughs) First time I've ever seen Leatherneck at a loss for words. You're all right, Carol. You handled that real well. Good evening, sir. I gotta say though, that was she fell for mainframe when he wasn't wearing his Teletubby outfit. So I think that probably yeah. had a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. This is not his best look. <laughs> not his best look. As uh, I think 
Joe Slepsky mentioned on a previous episode with us, Pat. I think we all weren't impressed with Mainframe's new look. But, you know, they can't all. But I, overall, though, yeah. for all the redesigns have been great. I mean, look at Spirit. I oh, mean, yeah. Dope, man. He's he like, tough. like Black Ops Spirit, you know, and I love it. Hedgehog um, hair. Hedgehog hair and everything. Absolutely. And with that, I will hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue on the same 1 to 10 flight point scale we used earlier. Red Eagle, 1 to 10. I'm going to give it a 7. Like I said, I'm coming in on number 3 of kind of the storyline, so it's a little bit to get into. Like, okay, wait, why is this bat so invincible? You know, that type of thing. But I think overall, story was good. Drawings were good. Like I said, it didn't really have some of my favorite characters in it, which... That's not their fault. But just for me, I'd say seven. Jared? Oh, man. I feel like if musical genius Joe November was here, he'd give it a 7.5. Okay. I will give it the bump for Firefly at the end, and I will make it an eight. I completely get where the Red Eagle's coming from. Cacaw. But, yeah, I will just give it that little bit of Firefly bump because I'm such a homer for Firefly. What about you, Pat? I can't give it a bump up to nine, so I'm going to bump it a little bit down to an eight and meet you there. Oh, hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Hey, buddy. We're at eight. Two cool guys at Two eight. Two cool guys. <laughs> I think this was a decent story so far. Again, like Brad said, that it's the, the third part of the arc here. It kept me interested, wanting to see what's going to happen with this bat, who's going to get him. And it turns out that nobody can get this guy. You can't stop. they got to call somebody in to get this guy. Who are you going to call? Firefly. And now it's time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake. You choose for gallantry in action or sneaky snakiness. This is where we each get to award the character in the issue who went above and beyond the call of duty. Red Eagle. Uh, I think Silver Star's got to go to heavy duty. I mean, that's kind of low-hanging fruit, but then to come back, he's all busted up and wounded and stuff. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to shoot people anyway so yeah <laughs> heavy duty really went above me on the call of duty he did i mean it's gutsy move to go with a gaping wound into a sewer <laughs> yeah especially in chicago <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm here to defeat cobra and get hepatitis <laughs> jared silver stinker or silver star i am gonna surprisingly give a silver star to mainframe we have Ooh. found him but he stepped up. He was trying to hack that thing, and when he couldn't hack it, he grabbed a piece of rebar, jumped on that thing's back, hit it in the head, shot it with a forty-five. Like he was going all out. He's not, you know, he's not the most physical of Joe, but he showed a tremendous amount of bravery and tenacity. So I salute you and your crappy costume, mainframe. <laughs> what about you, Pat? I'm going to give a silver snake out, and it's going to be to the bat. He deserves it. You know, he took a licking from both the two teams. Kept on ticking. And still kept ticking, yeah. I just think the bats are really cool. And you can have so many of them. Mm-hmm. They're forced to be reckoned Never with. stop coming. Yeah, yes. I remember we no. kicked the story arc off with Joe Slepsky, I think, started us on this one. And it was, you know, he kind of put me in the right frame of mind saying we're sort of watching a sci-fi Terminator movie in the G.I. Joe universe. Like, the bat is like a Terminator at this point. And he wasn't wrong. This whole arc has been wonderful. Yeah, the bat has just moved that whole storyline along. So, yeah, I see it. I see it, Pat. Yeah, I love the bats. 
the Spy Troops uh, movie that came out to sell more toys. <laughs> like that was the whole thing with the, the bats coming and Dr. Mindbender's creation. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. I want to say it was the Spy Troops one where they gave Beachhead like a California accent. Which yes, that was painful. They gave him the footloose accent. He was like, he was like, what up, bro? I'm Beachhead, bro. And I'm like, no. Just because you got any beach in there. He's got beach in his name. They thought they had to do that. And I'm like, you are way off. Dude yeah. is from Auburn, Alabama. He's from where I went to college. Nobody talks like that there. He should have been like, what's up, y'all? I'll be Shay. Y'all yeah. got any of that red man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, whoever does his voice in the in the 80s TV show, I think nailed it. Like, that's how Beachhead should sound. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Did you guys see the back cover on this? Yes. It was one of those painted covers. By Beck, not to be confused with Zach. Zach, Zach, Zach. Yes, I think it was Mindbender, wasn't it? Yes, it is. Mindbender in his new kind of purpley jacket outfit. Wearing a shirt. Oh, hoity toity, Dr. Mindbender. (laughs) I think it's really cool. And I I think I've been liking looking at those, Mm. um, you know, alternative covers, I guess. Yeah, it seems like something you could have covered in your highs and lows, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saving it for the back. He's saving it for the back cover. I love yeah. it. <laughs> he's got always got to get him one more. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're I'll right with though. That. You're right though. Those have been standard. I think since issue like one, they've been yeah. doing these painted back covers on the back, and they're pretty cool. Okay. I won't. I won't fault you. It's a good observation. All right. Well, with that, speaking about back, let's give it back to Jared for his segment called Death Probes Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection, each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Welcome to Death Probe's Toy Chest. In this segment, I will take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, I have selected the Bat. His file name is Battle Android Trooper. That's what Bat stands for. He doesn't have a grade. He's just an android. His birthplace is a factory somewhere. I wrote that down thinking I was clever. <laughs> He doesn't really have primary or secondary specialties. He's just an android trooper designed to do battle. Here's your figure description. He was a black robot with a silver face. He had yellow boots and yellow web gear and a hologram on his chest and swappable hands. Man, oh man, those swappable hands. Mm -hmm. The accessories were a black backpack, four silver hands. One was a regular hand. One was a gripper claw. One was a laser and one was a torch. Of course, these are all referencing the original figure, which came out in Series 5 in 1986 and was discontinued in 1988. As of this recording, there are 24 versions of the Bat, so a very popular figure that got a lot of versions throughout the years. I still have my original Bat because I'm... I'm so fancy, you already know. Yeah, pretty I know. Fancy. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what color were those hands? <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll do it. Silver hands. <laughs> That's for you, Devil. Well done, Pat. I can't believe I let that get past me, but you were there. Poor. I'm always there. <laughs> Poor Red Eagle's like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Just like a GI Joe, I will fight for comedy wherever there's sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Cristados is there. <laughs> just, I don't want you to do any more lyrics. Back to you, Pat. <laughs> Next up is our feedback section called Combat Comms. As always, we'll start off Combat Comms with a roster of our Battle Hardened Crusader Club veterans. 
These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special Lawbox episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on our show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow! Bill Bear. Blast it or stash it. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. Dave Collins. Battle Wagon. Battle Wagon. The Duchess. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Come on down. Toronto Cup. And our one-time donor, Bradford Williams. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member, Pat? Well, Jared, I am glad you asked. It's simple. Just head on over to Patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get all the access, and that's all the access, mm. to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Does that include your nudes? I said all the access. <laughs> oh, man, we have to raise that to $2 a month. <laughs> I'd like, you know, to bring them in <laughs> with my milkshake. Yes, you do. Now, let's see what messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's Comsat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. These are from last episode where we featured issue number 11, Malfunction Part 2 of 4. I will take a comment from Mr. Ryan Daly. He said, so you're bringing guests back for consecutive episodes now, huh? Then I think he very sarcastically said, no problem, no problem. We'll have you back, Ryan. It'll happen. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen again, Ryan. It'll, it'll happen. I'm going to take one from unpacking the power of the power pack. You know why? Because the power pack power don't stop. Oh, don't stop. I thought they were fancy yeah. for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and Rick has it. I'm waiting for next episode when Yard Sale Artist is gone and is replaced by Weasel Skull. Christados is still gone and is replaced by D-Ray. Hmm. They also have old Ben on as a guest. It's like our family tree just getting all yeah. messed up there. <laughs> that might be fun. Mm-hmm. Eh, we'll see. I'm going to just do one more from GLHG, our biggest fan, perhaps? Fan? Yeah, I would think so. He said, great episode. Same awesome guest, because I think that was the second appearance in a row for, <laughs> for Joe Slepsky. According to Ryan Daly. Yes, I, I think his figures are correct. He also said, that's my favorite biker gang. Besides the Sons of Anarchy, and I've got to give it to Jared, woohoo, for Wisconsin Cheese and Shame. I don't remember who I was making fun of. Uh, I don't know either. He said, CK will be knocking at your door. <laughs> so apparently Clark Kent's going to knock on my door. Oh, very cool. Very All cool. Right. But yeah, I want to thank Joe Slepsky from Joe on Joe Podcast for being on yeah. the last two in a row and for having us on his show. 
we're trying to create some synergy in the G.I. Joe podcasting universe. So, you know, we're always talking up Aaron Moss's Real American Headcast. I'm happy to talk up Joe on Joe with Joe Slepsky. And hopefully we'll be having some more Joe podcasters here so we can continue to do that. I want to thank Weasel Skull for filling in to me while I was on my uh, special mission. Mm, shh, don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah, shh. I can't release till they say anything. They said I got to, you know, wait like 21 years until I can say something. I got to keep it, you know, silent. Mm-hmm. These are okay. issues that need to stay silent. Yes. Got it. Well, you know, that will bring us to mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Christados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. And if you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat Kick Us Off. I can be found at Christatos01. And thanks for asking, Jared. Back to you. Oh, you can find me at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Parlor. I'm always at Yard Sale Artist. Come find me and we will chat. And now let's kick it over to our very, very special guest, Mr. Brad the Red Eagle. Pimp yourself out once more. Where can people find you on the internet? All right. Uh, yeah, so for the one podcast, it's uh, at Greenwood Tales on Twitter. I couldn't get the handle that I wanted, so <laughs> that's Greenwood Tales, T-A-L-E-S. And then uh, the other podcast is at Brad Johnson Show on all the social medias. Come check them out if you, if you enjoy free audiobooks or, yeah, just need a good laugh. Uh, I think you'll enjoy those. So thank you guys for having me on the show. This has been awesome. It was a dream come true. <laughs> wow, that's what we do here. We just grant dreams yeah. and wishes. <laughs> Making our dreams come true. For the podcast. Not only for you, but for me and you. Yes. It's hard to find people who really connect on a, a deep level when it comes to G.I. Joe. So this is just, yeah, I, I feel a kinship, a brotherhood. Yeah. Well, you were great. We, we really appreciate you coming on. Happiness for everyone. And if you want to interact with us with live chat, me, Pat, Jason, Delvin, and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, just join us. On our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube, we do them on the second Sunday of every month, unless there's a holiday, then we might bump it back, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Please sign up for that by looking at Longbox Crusade on YouTube, give us a subscription, click the bell, you know the deal. Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. We'll see you on the battlefield next episode. We will cover issue number 13, Malfunction, part four of four. Until then, platoon, fall out. Yo, 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 yo. yo. <laughs> out. Classic. Out. Awesome. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it. I just picked up. <laughs> I just got my. <laughs> okay. My turn. I was looking at I was looking at more. I'm like, wait a minute, there's more. No, there's not. <clears throat> you take one episode off. Yep. <laughs> yep. Redbird. 
one to ten for this story? That's Red Eagle, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Red, red, red bird. <laughs> I like the way he like put up with none of yeah. your nonsense. Really <laughs> Let me do that again. That's all I got. All right. Um, give me just a second here. I'm taking care of something. I'm going to just ignore you guys. For <laughs> it's a business thing at this comic. I'm working on it so I can get off my plate. I want to answer this email real fast. One other quick. Damn it. I knew I should have moved the show. 